Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on February 13th, 2022, on the basis of Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 to 8. Grace and mercy and peace are all yours through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As the Babylonians set up for war against the the Jewish people near Jerusalem, uh, the tensions were high. Babylon at this particular time was the world power. And as you can imagine, they got to be the world power because their army reflected that strength. And so here at at the city of Jerusalem, uh, there was fixing to be a showdown. A showdown between an army of a, of a pagan god and an army of the one true god. Now, we probably don't think about war or battles that way, right? We don't necessarily think of a war between two armies as a war between two gods, but at that time, that was very much their thoughts. This was going to prove which god was superior. Was it going to be the Babylonian god who was named Marduk? Or was it going to be the one true god named Yahweh? If the Babylonians won, then then obviously Marduk would be the the superior god. And and the same is true if, if Yahweh's army won. Because that's the way that that people thought about wars and and the way that people thought about battles, you you can imagine how devastating that might have been for for the Israelites, for the Jewish people, when Jerusalem was absolutely decimated by the Babylonians in 586 B.C. It was laid to waste. The, The walls were torn down. The people were killed. Many of the leaders were killed. The city was burned. And the temple itself, where Yahweh was worshipped, that too was destroyed. Any observer of these events, any observer of of this battle, would have professed that that this was a decisive victory for not only the Babylonians, but for their god, Marduk. Marduk had won, and Yahweh had been defeated. Imagine what what it would have been like to be a believer in Yahweh at that time. It's hard to imagine how to handle something like that. Not only was your hometown destroyed, maybe your house was was destroyed too. People that you you knew and loved, they they were killed. This was traumatic. It was also spiritually traumatic. This wasn't just something you got over in a year or two or five. This was something you took with you for the rest of your life. And on top of that, you now have to wrestle with a question. What is it like to believe in a God that was just beat? What, was it, what is it like to, to believe in a God who has been defeated? That question may ring in our ears a little bit too. Now, now certainly, uh, I don't mean to compare us to the, the Israelites at that time. We don't have the Babylonians storming our gates. We're, we're not, looking, we're not uh, anticipating that we're going to die here in, in the next uh, day or two. But if you look around our country today, our world today, 
Is Christianity winning? Or is God being defeated? Look at some of the stats. Uh, Ten years ago, there was 19% of Americans that said, I am an atheist or an agnostic. That's how they identified themselves. Ten years later, just, just ten years later, that has jumped up 10%. Now 29% of the population now claims atheism or they say they're agnostic. Ten years ago, Christianity was 75% of the country. People claimed that anyways. Ten years later, that has dropped 12%. It's now down to 63%. However you want to categorize it, whether, whether we're moving quickly or slowly, America has moved into a post-Christian society. And as a Christian in this society, you've got to wonder, how do you deal with something like this? When God seems to be slowly defeated, when it seems like God is defeated maybe day after day on, on certain things in, in our country. And that's just on a, a national level, on a global level, on a big scale. What about in your, your personal life? Is God winning? Are you seeking to follow God and yet things are, are turning out poorly? You're honest on your taxes, you're responsible with your money, yet unforeseen events drain your bank account and you're wondering if you can make mortgage payments next month or rent next month. You're a faithful attender of church and Bible study, yet depression seems to loom over you like a constant cloud and you just can't seem to shake it or get rid of it. You always seek to love and serve others as Christ did. Yet it seems as hard as you try to love that one person, they continue to, to hate you, exclude you, make you out to be the, the evil one. When things look like that, can we really say God is winning? Or do we believe in a defeated God? Now, uh, we may not have just been defeated by the Babylonians, but it may seem like we have. It may feel like we have. Aren't Christians supposed to be the ones who are blessed? Then why does it feel like you and I are the ones that are cursed and the unbelievers are the ones that are blessed? You see, when God was looking at his people, right before this destruction was going to come on Jerusalem, he knew their hearts. He knew the things that they would be facing in the next years. He knew where their hearts would be and what their thoughts would be in the next years. He knew what temptations they would have, and they were headed into trying times. They were being pressure tested. Are you familiar with that term? Pressure testing? Whenever I hear that word, I'm called back to the days that I worked in a factory when I was at the seminary. Pressure testing is something that's done in a lot of different industries, but it's where you apply pressure to something in hopes of uncovering, revealing a crack or a leak of some sort that you don't want that item to have that's going to be detrimental to that item. When I worked at this particular factory, it was called Scott Pump, back in, uh, back in Mequon area there, they, they made uh, water pumps and, and the parts of water pumps. They assembled them and they tested them. And one of the jobs that I had quite frequently was to test some of the, some of the parts of, of this water pump. It, it was a pretty 
simple test, but it was, it was necessary to make sure that this was a, a good product that was being sent out. So the, the test kind of went like this. You, you had two parts, and, and you assembled them together. Uh, it, you put them in a little press that, that came down like this, and you, you put air into the valve on the front. So in this little chamber here, in, in, inside of that was a bunch of air pressure that would build up, and of course that air needs to find a place to go, right? And the hope is, if this was a successful thing, if this was a good part, that air wouldn't have anywhere to go. It would stay in there, right? Uh, but we would spray it down with soapy water, and if, if that water started to bubble, you knew where the air was getting out. You knew where the, the flaw was. The pressure revealed the flaw. What would the pressure on the Israelites reveal in them? Were they trusting in God or were they trusting in man? Would it be revealed that, that their hearts were attached to other things? You know, that's kind of a, a hard thing to discern. It's not simple for us either. We are notoriously bad at, at, at figuring out what our heart is attached to or being aware of that, right? Other people might be able to point it out in us, and certainly God knows, uh, but it's hard for us to, to identify what our hope and our trust is in sometimes. But in our text today from Jeremiah, he kind of gives us a test. His test is this. When the heat comes, when the drought comes, comes. The question you can ask yourself is, am I resilient? When the Babylonians conquer Jerusalem and carry you off into exile, am I resilient? When I'm facing bankruptcy, when I'm facing depression, when the people around me hate me, am I resilient? Now, speaking nothing of the physical or emotional effects of some of those situations, if I am a spiritual train wreck when that's happening, that ought to reveal something about me. That ought to reveal that, that perhaps my trust was not in God, but my, my trust was in man. Maybe it was that pressure that revealed the cracks inside of me, the flaws inside of me. And you can see some of the temptations that might flow out of that for a believer, right? When God looks like he's been defeated, when I look like the one who, who has been cursed, the temptation obviously would be to start to follow the ones who have been blessed, who seemingly are blessed, to follow the ones who are winning, to follow the ones who have power, to start mixing some of those things in with my, my own faith so that I'm not just the defeated Christian anymore, but, but I can start to regain some sort of, of power, some sort of of strength. Jeremiah recognized that, that this might be a temptation specifically for the people that were sent off into exile. It looked like their God had lost. So of course they're, they're going to back the winning army. They're going to start following the Babylonians. Things are going pretty good for them and they're not going so well for, for the Jewish people. So, so Jeremiah gives them a, a warning on, on where this leads. Where, where does trusting in man lead for, for someone? I, I don't know how much you know about the Judean wilderness, but it's not a kind place to living things. Living things do not thrive there. They're, they're not prosperous. 
This is, this is dry ground with, with an arid climate. So, so when he says, you, are, you would be like a bush in a wasteland if you turn away from the Lord, if you derive your strength from man, if you trust in man, that, that's what that leads to. It leads to a, a plant that is dead, a bush in the wasteland. It's going to have a hard time surviving, and you are going to have a hard time surviving if you, you trust in man. There's no nutritional value there for that plant, just like there's no spiritual nourishment for you when you trust in, in man. That, that plant is going to die, it's going to dry up, and it's going to be blown away. And that's the picture of the person who trusts in man, who, who looks for strength and power and, and all of those things from man, and, and ultimately who turns away from the Lord. So, Jeremiah's picture here, it, it kind of connects with the, the gospel lesson as well. Uh, he, he's saying that when God says something is cursed, it, it really is cursed, <laughs> Even if to you and me it doesn't look cursed, even if nobody else thinks it's cursed, if God says it's cursed, guess what? It is. Which also means the opposite is true. If God says that someone or something is blessed, even if they don't look blessed, even if they don't feel blessed, if God says that they're blessed, they're blessed. What God wants to do for you is he wants to reorient you. He, want, he wants to, to change how you, you view things. He wants to change the, the things that you naturally think are blessings. He wants you to, to know that those are curses. That if you chase after wealth, if you chase after food, if you chase after happiness, if you chase after fame, to fill that spiritual hole in your heart, to satisfy you spiritually, you'll be left wanting. You'll be like that bush in the wasteland, and you'll derive no strength from any of those things. He wants to reorient you, and he's using Jeremiah to do it. Now, remember Jeremiah's context here. They're about to be destroyed and taken off into exile. There is not good news coming for them. God is about to look like he's been defeated. Yet to the people before that, and to the people that would read this after, he says this, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He's saying, it may seem like God lost when Jerusalem is destroyed. It may seem like God lost when you're carried out into exile. But you will be blessed if your trust remains in him regardless of how things look. You know, there was an, another time where things weren't as they appeared. And there was another time where God seemed like he lost too. When Jesus was nailed to the tree, condemned to die, it, it looked like God had, had lost. The disciples certainly thought so. They ran away, they hid, they locked themselves in a room because they were scared, and now God, now God had lost, Jesus was gone. It certainly didn't look like God had won when, when the Jesus' lifeless corpse was laid in the tomb. Yet, what appeared to be a devastating defeat was the greatest victory of all time. The devil, he hadn't won, he had been crushed. Jesus hadn't lost. 
He, he came and accomplished exactly what he came to do, to be cursed for us, to take our curse so that we would be blessed. That, that, that's what he did for us. It's only through the lens of the cross. It's only through the lens of what Jesus did for us that we can truly understand what blessings are and what curses are. If we don't have that lens, if we don't have Jesus on the cross, then we are always going to call blessings curses and curses blessings. We're going to get it mixed up all the time. But Jesus shows us on the cross that true blessings are rooted in him. So in contrast, Jeremiah paints a different picture for us. So instead of the bush in the wasteland, he calls us into a different picture. He says, the one who trusts in God is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. This tree is not devoid of, of resources, of nourishment like, like the bush was. This tree has sent roots deep into the earth. This tree has sent roots deep into the earth and, and near the stream where it gets constant nourishment and such is the believer who roots themselves in Christ, who sends down those roots so deep in, into Christ that, that they will never be shaken, that, that sends the roots so deep down into the Word that nothing, nothing that comes at them will, will affect them in, in the way it would if you had shallow roots. These roots have an effect. Listen to, to how Jeremiah goes on here. He says, It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. Here's the takeaway. Those who are rooted in Christ, those who are rooted in his word, are resilient. They have a unique to this world stability about them. When the heat comes, when the drought comes, when suffering and pain and, and bad things, seemingly bad things, come, it's almost as if they're oblivious. Sure, it might affect them physically, it might affect them emotionally, but, but spiritually, they're rooted. It's as if they don't see any of those things. They can block them all out, and they're, they're almost unaffected because they are rooted in, in Christ. And that rootedness makes them resilient. It kind of calls to mind the picture, the story of Peter and Jesus together walking on the water. Do you remember that, that story a little bit? The disciples are they're in a boat and they're out on the Sea of Galilee and a storm comes up and there's big waves and lots of wind and probably thundering and lightning and, and raining. And in the distance, the disciples see a ghost. No, it wasn't a ghost. It, it, it was Jesus and he was walking to them. And you know Peter, and you know a little bit about his personality. He's pretty bold. And so he shouts out to Jesus, Jesus, let me come to you. And Jesus says, sure, come on. And so Peter gets out of the boat, and it's a great miracle that Peter is allowed to, to walk on the water. And you remember, as long as he looked at Jesus, right, he kept walking. He was able to walk on that water. But as soon as he started to look at the storm around him, as soon as he started to see the waves and the wind and the thunder and the lightning and the rain, he started to fear it and he sank. Of course, the Lord reached down and saved him. But as long as his eyes were on Jesus, the storm around him, it didn't affect him. He wasn't afraid. 
It was almost as if he was oblivious to it. To it. Such is the person that is rooted in Christ. Such is the person that is rooted in the Word. There's a strength, there's a stability, and those who are rooted are resilient. We, we pray to the Lord that, that He builds in us that resilience through His Word. And we know because of what He promises in His Word, that because we believe His Word, because we come to hear His Word, that He will make us resilient. Rooted in Him. Amen.